Welcome to the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. My name is Glenn Gabriel, and I'm a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. The goal of this podcast is to give you, the youth curling coach and organizer, the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. In today's episode, I have a conversation with two youth curling organizers who are attempting to run their Little Rocks program this coming season. We talk about how they are dealing with the new rules regarding coronavirus, and we take a look at their return to play plan. Earlier this week, I had the opportunity to chat with Kevin Campbell and Damien DeShane Gill, who are members of the Dixie Curling Club in Mississauga, Ontario. Both of them have had multiple roles in their Little Rocks program, including coach and program organizer. In my opinion, Kevin and Damien are like a lot of youth curling coaches and organizers this fall. In the age of coronavirus, they've had important discussions about the future of their program, and they've had to make some critical decisions. I hope that our discussion can help other youth curling organizers who are facing the same issues. Now, here is our interview. Okay, tonight I'd like to welcome... Kevin Campbell and Damien DeShane Gill from Dixie Curling Club. Uh, They're here to talk about their return to to curl plan over uh, at Dixie for their youth curling programs, uh, specifically the U12 or the Little Rocks program. So welcome to Kevin and Damien. Uh, Could you introduce yourselves to the audience? Hi, thanks, Glenn. Uh, I'm Kevin Campbell, the Little Rock coordinator at Dixie Curling Club. And uh, hi, uh, Glenn, it's Damien DeShane Gill. I am a uh, coach for both Little Rocks and the Junior Banter Program, and I was a former uh, Little Rock coordinator of the program. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, you're breaking new ground. Uh, you're, the, you're the first interview I've done remotely, so thanks again. Uh, I wanted to uh, talk to you because of... Uh, an email I sent out. I, I wanted to survey the curling clubs in the GTA about their youth curling programs. And uh, I got a great email back from Damien. And subsequently, we've, I've spoken to Kevin and, and Damien about this uh, and their plans to uh, bring back youth curling this coming season. And considering all the COVID, uh, considering all the COVID regulations and and rules that uh, all clubs are facing. But uh, maybe I can ask either of you, could you tell us a bit about Dixie Curling Club and uh, and the youth curling program specifically, just in general, what, what are they like and what's your club like? Sure, Damien, you want to answer that one? You've got a long history with uh, the, the junior curling program, so I'll let you handle that one. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm the best one to answer the club in general. I will say that it's... Um, you know that that the club has been in existence for i should know this now what what would we celebrate our 50 plus or or 60 plus anniversary a few years back um it's got a very robust membership uh it's um very much a community club i think that you know one of the things that attracted me to dixie and has kept me there is just uh, the camaraderie um and just the warmth you feel when you walk into the club in terms of the junior band program um i came into that over half a dozen years ago, uh, my kids wanted to curl and we stumbled across Dixie. Um, has a pretty incredible program, a pretty incredible history that, that I've been able to, to help shepherd along and, and Kevin continues to do so. 
Um, we we follow the Ontario Curling badging program for our uh, both our Little Rocks and for our Junior Bantams. And so a typical uh, under non-COVID session um, is two hours for Little Rocks and then followed by two hours for the Junior Bantams. Um, the Little Rock program is generally divided into two halves. So we do uh, one hour of drills. So we break the kids up based on skill level and, and age. Uh, we have six sheets of ice. And then um, we do an hour of drills. We come in, we warm up a little bit. I think that warm ups more for the coaches because we're standing around on the cold ice and it is for the kids. Uh, give them a snack. Uh, and then we go out and we put them into teams and then we play a game for the second hour. Uh, for the junior bantam, they work for 45 minutes on drills and then they immediately break into games. And generally we have um, a system where over every six weeks we, we form a team, they, they fit on a team. Uh, again, we break them up based on what badging they're going after. So those who are going after the gold badge, for example, will be the skips and those who are brand new will be our leads and so on, fill in between. Um, and so they'll do 45 minutes of skills working towards their badge. Uh, and then we do an hour and 15 minutes of um, a game. So we break into the game and they play. And you usually can get three or four ends in the game there. Um, and then they come in and have a snack before they head out. Um, so it's got, we've got lots of extracurricular um, or extra events that take place. We have um, an annual uh, Olympic bonds field. So that's uh, only for our club. But we uh, kids sign up and then we put them in teams and they play. Uh, we have a bagpiper come out and we do the whole thing. Flag ceremony, the works, a toast. Um, we have Halloween grilling. The kids get dressed up in their Halloween costumes. Um, we've done family day in the past where we invited um, family members to come and join their little rockers, especially because sometimes parents are there. Like, why didn't you make that shot? It's like, well, you come and give it a try. And they're like, oh, it's really hard. It's just they bounce on the ice. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other programs that we have, some of the other special events, but it's, it's a, been a robust program. We had a fantastic foundation and at our height, um, I think typically we have probably 30 to 40 Little Rockers every year um, and 40 to 50 Junior Bantams. I think at our height a few years ago, we actually had as many as 60 Little Rockers um, and 50 Junior Bantams. So it's been a very robust program that we've been able to maintain. I think one of the things we have to give credit to the Dixie Club for is is the fact that we do have a uh, one hour, 45 minute or two hour time slot to conduct our Little Rock program. Because I know a lot of other um, clubs I've talked to uh, only have maybe an hour or an hour and a half. And the other point, too, is that even though it's a Sunday afternoon slot, uh, the club does a very good job at holding that space for the Little Rock and Junior program. And uh, we typically get somewhere between 20 and 23 sessions a year. So it's, uh, it's like Damien mentioned, a very robust program. And, and the club is quite committed to, um, to that program as well. Wow, that's excellent. Uh, well, I mean, all those activities and all those kids, uh, I, of course, now that we're living in a I can, you know, a pandemic world and we're thinking about next season. I, I know that of course we, a lot of those uh, activities are going to have to be adapted or changed or, or, or replaced in some manner. Damien, I got your email, uh, you know, when I asked originally about what, uh, what individual clubs were doing with their youth curling programs. Uh, I was wondering if you could just, summarize a bit of that email and, and tell us some of the uh, 
the plants. Actually, you know, before I even touch upon that, could you tell me how you came up with that plan or how you and Kevin, or I don't know if you had a committee or if this was a group task, but how you came up with uh, the plan that you did? Yeah, I'll turn it to Kevin for that because you really spearheaded that conversation um, with the coaches. Sure, yeah. And I guess, I mean, all sports are really struggling with COVID-19. And obviously, with the kids being out of school since uh, mid-March, it's been a real challenge for parents and kids to find any sense of normalcy in their lives. And um, we went through this with our own kids in different sports. And, you know, lucky for us, um, you know, my son's played baseball for a few years now, and, and he was fortunate to be on a team that, you know, had dedicated parents and coaches and and team management that really tried to put a season together out of nothing this year uh, with COVID-19. So there's there's no guarantees the kids were going to play. And lo and behold, uh, end of June, um, we found out that things were going to go ahead and the kids would be able to practice. And they got to play the first game later in July and just finished about a week ago and got uh, an 11-game season in and and you know i think any experience like that that goes forward successfully in this covid time obviously there there you know changes to accommodate in baseball but um you know these these things really help um move move things along and, and keep people you know busy and occupied which is really important and uh we feel like for curling uh, the same thing, uh, hopefully we can be successful too, uh, just like we've heard of a lot of hockey programs that have started up on a limited basis. So um, so three, three of the coaches got together a few weeks ago, um, you know, Damien and myself being two of them, and, and sort of started the conversation, you know, do we feel comfortable going back to curling? We know the adults, it sounds like, are going to go back to it. Is there any reason why the Little Rock program wouldn't be able to start um, so, so basically we, we put a bit of a plan together, uh, that was presented to the club. Uh, we got some feedback that the program might, you know, there's, the club hasn't committed to having the Little Rock program start up again, but, um, we're intent on having additional conversations. So what we're thinking is, um, you know, the OCA has guidelines for return to curl. Uh, the Dixie Curling Club has guidelines for return to curl. And we think that there are some parts of the Little Rock program that, I mean, I wouldn't be comfortable restarting right away under COVID-19. But at the same time, there's some members who've been curling for, you know, three, four years. Um, you know, they're, they're quite mature. Uh, they know where they need to stand during a game. Uh, they know the rotation. And, and we feel like there's a certain portion of our Little Rock membership who, um, you know, we would feel comfortable inviting back to the club and maybe doing a soft restart of the Little Rock program. Uh, so what we thought was um, having some form of, of three-on-three, perhaps, games, uh, inviting uh, perhaps 18 of our, or sorry, 12 of our Little Rockers and, and having a soft start on two sheets and just seeing how that works out. So of course, three on three, um, because there's only meant to be one sweeper uh, following the OCA guidelines. And uh, for the Little Rockers, it might be a little bit challenging to have that fourth 
player stand behind the hack while their team is shooting and it's another layer of logistics so we thought about that we thought about not having any uh, any drills because of course when we do drills it's when the kids typically get uh come together and watch an activity and there's one maybe little rocker you know sliding out of a hack while the others are standing on the sideline or standing behind the hack so we thought that might be uh, a little bit of a challenge at first, but maybe it's something that we can uh, determine if if it's something that we can build into uh, a COVID-19 uh, type of program down the road. Um, so there's some little changes like that uh, over and above the fact that, you know, the kids have to show up at a certain time. Maybe their parents won't be able to stay at the club. Uh, we've seen the guidelines where uh, curlers have to wear a mask but they're allowed to take their mask off i believe when they're shooting or when they are sweeping although i think my level of comfort would be for the kids to wear their mask all the time and if it meant they had to limit their sweeping then i'd be more comfortable with that than you know them keeping their or them being able to take their mask off so um so i think there's a number of things that we can do to accommodate the little rockers but of course, there's a lot of logistical issues in that too. Um, you know, will it be interesting for the club to have the kids come back, um, you know, in smaller numbers? You know, does that mean for the, the club uh, finances? Is it worth it for them to, uh, to open the two-hour slot on a more limited basis? Um, you know, will the parents be comfortable uh, dropping their kids off at the club and and leaving them there for the the two-hour session um you know how many of them are comfortable having their kids participate at all during COVID-19 and you know the, the big bogeyman in the room right now is what will COVID-19 look like between now and the end of October or early November so I think there's a lot of questions that are are still outstanding but um I think you know for me I feel like um, you know, we owe it to the kids that if, if there's enough of them that are willing to play and we can figure out logistics, uh, we owe it to them to at least spend a little bit of time to see if we can make it work. And if we do, that's, that's great. And any bit of activity we get will be a bonus. And if we can't, at least we're not going to regret that we at least gave it a try and did some investigating. Yeah, I might add to, I mean, one of the, when we had that conversation with the coaches, because Kevin, you know, pulled, one of the things I, I forgot to mention when you asked us to describe the club is we actually are very fortunate. We have a really strong um, roster of volunteers. And so uh, it switches, you know, it, it transitions as some coaches, their kids are in the program and they leave. And so the coach may leave. Well, but we have a number of coaches who have no kids in the program and still just want to give back to the sport. So the, the Little Rock program usually has half a dozen volunteers. Uh, at least in some of the junior bantams actually get their volunteer hours um, in high school by coming and coaching and helping assistant coach in that. So we have a great um, resource to pull from there. And then in the junior bantams, we have probably more than that, uh, at least, um, you know, eight or nine coaches that come out on a regular basis. And so, you know, they're, they're sort of a core team for the Little Rocks and, and Kevin pulled us together, um, as you mentioned. And, you know, we, we wanted to examine this um, first from our own perspective, right? So there's what risk are we putting ourselves at as coaches? Uh, we want to be really conscious of that because in reality, we're the ones probably coming in contact with more people than anyone. So if there, there's an heightened risk for us, so would we be comfortable? 
I think where we settled and why we really devised a plan was um, one of our coaches in the, is in the medical profession and so has been following a lot of the guidelines very, very closely, doing a lot of reading um, and was reading some of the stuff coming out of sick kids. And, you know, there is a, a point of view saying that the isolation and not being able to participate in the normal activities, not being able to socialize as kids could actually do more long-term damage um, than what COVID presents. And so they feel the risk was relatively small and they're sort of encouraging, can you get, if you can get some programs back to normal to do so. So that's why we came up with a plan. That was, I think, really for me, um, anyway, what turned my thinking about it. Because I was really on the fence as to whether we, sh we should do it. And, you know, when I thought about that, I thought, well, there, there's a lot of legitimacy in that. And Kevin talking about, you know, his son playing baseball. It's true. I, I, I see it with even my older kids, right? I have three kids. Um, they're older. Um, they're all of that Little Rock program. But um, I can tell the social isolation, it does take a toll. And so I think it's it's good if we can provide some opportunity for some kind of normalcy. Right. There's a lot to consider. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing all of that. Uh, I, one of the questions I was thinking about was, uh, of all the things that, you know, we've received guidelines from Curl Ontario and uh, Curling Canada, and, and even from our uh, municipalities, uh, is it, what do you think when you picture moving forward? What do you think will be the most challenging part of all of this? Is it going to be having social distancing on the ice? Is it just having people uh, respect the cleanliness part, part of it? Is is there something in your own mind that's that's the most challenging part of this? I think for me, it's it's really the unknown, right? If you told a parent or you told a a little rocker, um, we're going to start on October 29th. You're going to pay this amount of money and you're going to have 20 sessions. It's going to go all the way to the end of, of March. And, and here we go. Uh, I think it's, it's, you know, an easier decision. And then the only variable is, do I feel safe? Do I feel comfortable? Do I think that, you know, the coaches have my best interest? Do we think Dixie's got a great plan in place to protect our health and safety? And, and then you think about, well, I might start on October 29. I'll pay my fees. Am I going to play for two weeks before everything shuts down? Am I going to play for eight weeks before everything shuts down? Um, I'm going to pay my fees, and I think I'm going to play on Sunday. And is something going to happen? There'll be a spike in numbers, and the season will shut down even before I play my first game or, or whatnot. So I think for me, that's the biggest challenge is the unknown. You know, what are we doing this for? And what kind of guarantee are we getting? And really, I think we're all living in this day-to-day -day world right now, not knowing what tomorrow brings. And I think for me, that's the most challenging thing. It's the part that we can't really control. I don't know, Damien, what do you think? Uh, I think, it, you know, it's a good question because I hadn't really thought, I mean, I, there's lots of challenges. Um, the thing that pops to the top of my mind is the parent's comfort. And so I know, Kevin, you're touching on that too. You know, one of the things is that when we run our program, the, the lounge is just packed with parents, grandparents, siblings, um, watching their kids grow, which is actually one of the rewarding pieces because they can see that, you know, that that child who just starts to learn something and finally get that shot. Or, you know, when we have our very little ones, they get the rock all the way down the ice. I mean, there's, those are big accomplishments. And so to say, you know, drop your kid at the door in this environment um, for those who want to curl. 
and then pick them up and, and they have no interaction or they can't see that. Um, and then, you know, in this environment, is everything clean? Is it safe? Is it, you know, all the rest of that? Um, I think that's actually a pretty big hurdle is convincing the the parents and saying, you know, come on this with us. We're trying to do that. And there'll be some, I think, you know, along those same lines, just like I'm trying to get my kids back to normal and this isn't normal, but this is getting closer and so willing to do that. But um, I think that would probably be a challenge. And, and, you know, there's an extra responsibility for us too, because we actually ask parents to stay in normal times in case there's an issue with the child. Um, and so there's an added risk there when we don't do that. So I, I, for me, that's probably the biggest, one of the biggest hurdles. Have either of you heard from uh, parents yet? Have they inquired about whether your program is on or not? Yeah, I haven't heard from any parents yet. Surprisingly, I thought we would have um, received some calls. Actually, we have from uh, you know two or three uh, parents of, of the team that my son plays in, but it's more of the Bantam age than the Little Rock age. And I think in a way, uh, everybody gets the emails from the club and the club emails have been indicating that the Little Rock program might not start until January or or not at all. So I think, um, you know, that's the messaging parents have been getting. But, you know, after a couple more conversations and, and this soft start notion, uh, we might be in a position to send some notes around and start soliciting interest from parents. And it'll be really interesting to find out you know, how many people would be interested. Um, and, and there's also, um, so our Little Rock program, I think the Little Rocks typically is is 13 and under or 12 and under. And in our club, there's quite a number of uh, 11, 12, uh, 13 year olds who, who bumped up to the Bantam age. So um, it would be interesting to see if maybe if the Little Rock program goes ahead, we maybe take some of those members and uh, and, and have them, under the Little Rock umbrella, if the Bantam umbrella doesn't uh, doesn't move along, um, because what we did at our club a couple years ago was we started using uh, a mix of the regular rocks and the Little Rocks. Uh, little Rocks typically for uh, the newer curlers or curlers maybe of 10 years and, and younger, and uh, the big rocks for the the older Little Rockers. And so, obviously, with COVID-19, uh, it goes without saying that we probably would not use any Little Rocks because it's just more equipment to uh, to keep clean and another logistic to take care of. Um, but but yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking forward to hopefully having that opportunity to solicit parents and, and hopefully there will be uh, a strong enough interest that this plan may work. Okay. Well, first, I, I want to say I, I really respect you guys because... It, this is a this is a difficult task, and I know that a lot of I, I mentioned the survey that I did earlier, and a lot of Little Rocks programs aren't running <laughs> in in this coming season. So I, I really respect the fact that you guys are taking this on, and um, yeah, I, I I wish you the best. <laughs> and uh, what what is the status? I, I think you hinted at it before you mentioned it before that they may delay the start of your youth curling programs, that they're not going to start at the same time as your adult programs. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. The club has um, made a commitment to starting the adult program uh, the week of October 29th, I believe 
And in their communication to members, they've indicated that there's no plan to restart the Little Rock or junior programs, uh, but they haven't said that the programs are cancelled for the season either. So I think the board is just reevaluating and taking a more cautious approach to uh, the Little Rock and junior program. And uh, I feel like if we can give them a solid plan um, that, that ensures the safety of of the members and and shows a a strong commitment to doing the right thing Uh, and also uh, i guess the planet that at the same time uh, doesn't draw any funds from the club because obviously that's going to be one of the challenges this year is that um, you know the the club you know especially with last year closing early um, you know the, the the finances of of curling are an important aspect i believe this year so um, so we've got to show, you know, some some safety and some fiscal responsibility as well, taking this on. Okay. Well, uh, I just wanted to say thank you again, Kevin. Thank you, Damien, for joining me tonight. And uh, uh, again, good luck uh, with the youth curling program at Dixie. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll follow up on this in a few months. I, I know that a lot of programs aren't running, but I think uh, they're all in sort of in the same boat in that, uh, you know, they're going to reexamine their positions maybe and maybe reopen in January. But as you said, there's a lot of uncertainty. So, uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to do our best day to day and like, like, like many other people and uh, lots of other coaches and organizers and lots of sports. So uh, thanks again to Kevin and Damien and uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, I, th- I think that's where we'll end it. <laughs> thanks, guys. Okay. Well, and then, Glenn, just, I'll just say thank you to you. I mean, um, thanks for this opportunity, but also you do a lot of work to keep the Little Rock programs connected right across the clubs. Um, and so, you know, you, you're asking, you asking the questions certainly has us, uh, lot, lots of us thinking about different things um, and certainly sharing lots of different ideas. So I really appreciate you uh, continuing to do that because I know that's not a, a small amount of effort. And so it, it really benefits all of us. So I appreciate it. Thank you. I certainly echo that as well, exactly what Damien said, Glenn. I think uh, it's great that that we don't feel like we're each our individual clubs and we're part of a greater community of Little Rock um, curling programs across the GTA. And it's it's really helpful, everything that you do for us. Well, thanks, guys. <laughs> I, I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm happy to do it. So that was my conversation with Kevin and Damien. A short follow-up note. Their current goal is to do a soft launch of their Little Rocks program with a limited number of experienced kids. After their trial run, uh, they might expand the program, but of course it will depend on how successful it is and what happens in the near future. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To subscribe to our podcast for free, visit our website at coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music was Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.